right. You know, tonight uh, we focus on the doctrine of Christ uh, in light of Korahor, the Antichrist, uh, the Zoramites, Alma, Amulek, and their brethren, and how the preaching of the word destroyed the craft of Lamanites or that which was Antichrist. So we will start in Alma chapter 30. And verse 1. Behold, now it came to pass that after the people of Ammon were established in the land of Jershon, yea, and also after the Lamanites were driven out of the land, and their dead were buried by the people of the land. Now picking up in verse 6. But it came to pass that in the latter end of the seventh year, there came a man into the land of Zarahemla, and he was Antichrist, for he began to preach unto the people against the prophecies which had been spoken by the prophets concerning the coming of Christ. Now there was no law against a man's belief, for it was strictly contrary to the commandments of God that there should be a law which should bring men on to unequal grounds. For thus saith the scriptures, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. And if a man desires to serve God, it is his privilege to serve God. It was his privilege, or rather, if he believed in God, it was his privilege to serve him. But if he did not believe in him, there was no law to punish him. But if he murdered, he was punished unto death. And if he robbed, he was also punished. And if he stole, he was also punished. And if he committed adultery, he was also punished. Yea, for all this wickedness, they were punished. For there was a law that men should be judged according to their crimes. Nevertheless, there was no law against a man's belief. Therefore, a man was punished only for the crimes which he had done. Therefore, all men were on equal grounds. And this Antichrist, whose name was Korahor, and the law could have no hold upon him, began to preach unto the people that there should be no Christ. And after this manner he did preach, saying, O ye that are bound down under a foolish and a vain hope, why do ye yoke yourselves with such foolish things? Why do ye look for a Christ? For no man can know of anything which is to come. Behold, these things which ye call prophecies, which ye say are handed down by the holy prophets. Behold, they are foolish traditions of your fathers. How do ye know of their surety? Behold, ye cannot know of things which ye do not see. Therefore, ye cannot know that there shall be a Christ. Ye look forward and say that ye see a remission of your sins. But behold, it is the effect of a frenzied mind. And this derangement of your minds comes because of the traditions of your fathers, which lead you to a way, a way into a belief of things which are not so. And many more such things did he say unto them telling them that there could be no atonement made for the sins of men. But every man fared in this life according to the management of the creature. Therefore, every man proposed according to his genius, and that every man conquered according to his strength. And whatsoever a man did was no crime. Um, you know, basically survival of the fittest. And thus he did preach unto them, leading away the hearts of many, causing them to lift up their heads in their wickedness. 
yea, leading away many women and also men to commit whoredoms, telling them that when a man was dead, that was the end thereof. Now this man went over to the land of Jershon also to preach these things among the people of Ammon, who were once the people of the Lamanites. But behold, they were more wise than many of the Nephites, for they took him and bound him and carried him before Ammon, who was the high priest over the people. And it came to pass that he caused that he should be carried out of the land. And he came over into the land of Gideon and began to preach unto them also. And here he did not have much success, for he was taken and bound and carried before the high priest and also the chief judge over the land. And it came to pass that the high priest said unto him, Why do you go about perverting the ways of the Lord? Why do you teach this people that there shall be no Christ to interrupt their rejoicings? Why do ye speak against all the prophecies of the holy prophets? Now the high priest's name was Gedona, and Korahor said unto him, Because I do not teach the foolish traditions of your fathers, and because I do not teach this people to bind themselves down under the foolish ordinances and performances which are laid down by ancient priests, to usurp power and authority over them, to keep them in ignorance, that they may not lift up their heads, but be brought down according to thy words. Ye say that this people is a free people. Behold, I say they are in bondage. Ye say that those ancient prophecies are true. Behold, I say that ye do not know that they are true. Ye say that this people is guilty, is a guilty and fallen people because of the transgression of a parent. Behold, I say that a child is not guilty because of his parents. Ye also say that Christ shall come. But behold, I say that ye do not know that there shall be a Christ. Ye say also that he shall be slain for the sins of the world. And thus ye lead away this people after the foolish traditions of your fathers, and according to your own desires. And ye keep them down even as it were in bondage, that ye may glut yourselves with the labors of their hands, that they durst not look up with boldness, that they durst not enjoy the rights and privileges. Yea, they durst not make use of that which is their own, lest they should offend their priest, who do yoke them according to their desires, and have brought them to believe by the traditions and their dreams and their whims and their visions and their pretended mysteries, that they should, if they did not do according to their words, offend some unknown being, who they say is God, a being who never has been seen or known who never was nor ever will be. Now when the high priest and the chief judge saw the hardness of his heart, yea, when he saw that he would revile even against God, they would not make any reply to his words, but they caused that he should be bound. And they delivered him up unto the hands of the officers and sent him to the land of Zarahemla, that he might be brought before Alma and the chief judge who was governor over all the land. And it came to pass that when he was brought before Alma and the chief judge, he did go on in the same manner as he did in the land of Gideon. Yea, he went on to blaspheme. And he did raise up in great swelling words before Alma and did revile against the priests and the teachers, accusing them of leading away the people after the silly traditions of their fathers for the sake of glutting on the labors of the people. Now Alma said unto him, Thou knowest that we do not let ourselves upon the labors of this people. For behold, I have labored even from the commencement of the reign of the judges until now, with mine own hands for my support, 
notwithstanding my many travels round about the land to declare the word of God unto my people. And notwithstanding the many labors which I have performed in the church, I have never received so much even as one senine for my labor. Neither has any of my brethren, save it were in the judgment seat. And then we have received only according to the law for our time. And now if we do not receive anything for our labor in the church, what doth it profit us to labor in the church, save it were to declare the truth, that we may have rejoicings in the joy of our brethren? Then why sayest thou that we preach unto the people to get gain, when thou of thyself knowest that we receive no gain? And now believest thou that we deceive this people? that causes so much joy in their hearts. And Korahor answered, Yea. And then Alma said unto him, Believest thou that there is a God? And he said, Nay. And Alma said unto him, Will ye deny again that there is a God, and also deny the Christ? For behold, I say unto you, I know there is a God, and also that Christ shall come. And now what evidence have ye that there is no God, or that Christ cometh not? I say unto ye, ye have none, save it be your word only. Behold, I have said all these things as a testimony, that these are true, and ye also have all things as a testimony unto you that they are true. And will ye deny them? Believest thou that these things are true? Behold, I know that thou believest, but thou art possessed with a lying spirit, and have put off the Spirit of God, that it may have no place in you. But the devil has power over you, and he doth carry you about working devices that he may destroy the children of God. And now Korahor said unto Alma, If thou wilt show me a sign that I may be convinced that there is a God, yea, show unto me that he hath power, and then will I be convinced of the truth of thy words. But Alma said unto him, Thou hast had signs enough. Will ye tempt your God? Will ye say, show unto me a sign, when ye have the testimony of all these thy brethren, and also all the holy prophets, and the scriptures are laid before thee. Yea, and all things denote there is a God. Yea, even the earth and all things that are upon the face of it. Yea, and its motion. Yea, also all the planets which move in the regular form do witness that there is a supreme creator. And yet do ye go about leading away the hearts of this people? testifying unto them that there is no God, and yet will ye deny against all these witnesses? And he said, Yea, I will deny, except ye shall show me a sign. And now it came to pass that Alma said unto him, Behold, I am grieved because of the hardness of your heart. Yea, that ye will still resist the spirit of the truth, that thy soul may be destroyed. But behold, it is better that thy soul should be lost." than that thou shouldst be the means of bringing many souls down to destruction by the lying and by the flattering words. Therefore, if thou shalt deny again, behold, God shall smite thee, that thou shalt be dumb, that thou shalt never open thy mouth any more, that thou shalt not deceive this people any more. Now Korahor said unto him, I do not deny the existence of a God, but I do not believe that there is a God. And I say also, that ye do not know that there is a God, and except ye show me a sign, I will not believe. Now Alma said unto him, This will I give unto thee for a sign, that thou shalt be struck dumb according to my words, 
And I say that it, I say that in the name of God, you shall be struck dumb and that ye shall no more have utterance. And it becomes apparent by the next verses that not only did he become a mute and could not speak, but also could not hear. Verse 50. Now, when Alma had said these words, Korhor was struck dumb, that he could not have utterance according to the words of Alma. And now when the chief judge saw this, he put forth his hand and wrote unto Korhor, saying, Art thou convinced of the power of God? In whom did ye desire that Alma should show forth his sign? Would ye that he should afflict others to show unto thee a sign? Behold, he has showed unto you a sign, and now will ye dispute more. And Korhor put forth his hand and wrote, saying, I know that I am dumb, for I cannot speak. And I know that nothing, save it were the power of God, could bring this upon me, yea, and I always knew that there was a God. But behold, the devil hath deceived me, for he appeared unto me in the form of an angel, and said unto me, Go and reclaim this people, for they have all gone astray after an unknown God. And he said unto me, There is no God. And he taught me that which I should say, and I have taught his words, and I taught them because they were pleasing unto the carnal mind, and I taught them even until I had much success, insomuch that I verily believed that they were true, and for this cause I withstood the truth, even until I have brought this great curse upon me. Now when he had said this, he besought that Alma should pray unto God, and that the curse might be taken from him. But Alma said unto him, If this curse should be taken from thee, thou wouldst again lead away the hearts of this people. Therefore it shall be unto thee, even as the Lord will. And it shall come to pass, and it came to pass, that the curse was not taken off Korhor, but he was cast out and went about from house to house begging for his food. Now the knowledge of what had happened unto Korhor was immediately published throughout all the land. Yea, the proclamation was sent forth by the chief judge to all the people in the land, declaring unto those who had believed in the words of Korahor that they must speedily repent, lest the same judgments would come unto them. And it came to pass that they were all convinced of the wickedness of Korahor. Therefore, they were all converted again unto the Lord. And this was put and this put an end to the iniquity after the manner of Korahor. And Korahor did go about from house to house, begging for food for his support. And it came to pass that as he went forth among the people, yea, among a people who had separated themselves from the Nephites and called themselves Zoramites, being led by a man whose name was Zoram. And as he went forth amongst them, behold, he was run upon and trodden down even until he was dead." And the, the chapters that come after would seem to indicate that this was not Korahor's first time among the Zoramites, for they had adopted many of his teachings. Um, in fact, all of them that uh, have been explained here, with the exception that there is a God. Verse 60, and thus we see the end of him who perverteth the ways of the Lord. And thus we see that the devil will not support his children at the last day, but the speedily drag them down to hell. And also when we get to Alma, 
chapter 32, uh, we'll find out that Alma's discourse is um, in large part a direct renunciation of the doctrine that Korhor tarped, and yet another um, evidence that Korhor had previously been among the Zoramites who, you know, ended up killing him and, you know, had in times past accepted his words with gladness. And this gives us even more context to the very last verse in Alma 30. And thus we see the end of him who perverted the ways of the Lord. And thus we see that the devil will not support his children at the last day but does speedily drag them down to hell. Chapter 31. Now it came to pass that after the end of Korahor, Alma, having received tidings that the Zoramites were perverting the ways of the Lord, and that Zoram, who was their leader, was leading the hearts of the people to bow down to dumb idols, his heart again began to slacken, began to sicken because the iniquity of the people. For it was the cause of great sorrow to Alma to know the iniquity among his people. Therefore, his heart was exceedingly sorrowful because of the separation of the Zoramites from the Nephites. Now the Zoramites had gathered themselves together in a land which they called Antionum which was east of the land of Zarahemla, which lay nearly bordering upon the seashore, which was south of the land of Jershon, which also bordered upon the wilderness south, which wilderness was full of the Lamanites. Now, remember the land Jershon is the land that had been given to the anti-Nephi-Lehi's or the people of Ammon. Now the Nephites greatly feared that the Zoramites would enter into a correspondence with the Lamanites and that it would be the means of great loss on the part of the Nephites. And now, as the preaching of the word had a great tendency to lead the people to do that which was just, yea, it had more powerful effect upon their minds of the people than the sword or anything else which had happened unto them. Therefore, Alma thought it was expedient that they should try the virtue of the word of God. Therefore, he took Ammon and Aaron and Omner and Himni, and did leave, and he did leave in the church in Zarahemla. And Himni, he did leave in the church in Zarahemla. But the former three he took with him, and also Amulek and Zizram, who were at Melech, and he also took two of his sons. Now the eldest of his sons he took not with him, and his name was Helaman. But the names of those whom he took with him were Shiblon and Corianton, and these are the names of those who went with him according went with him among the Lam among the Zoramites to preach unto them the word. Now the Zoramites were dissenters from the Nephites, therefore they had had the word of God preached unto them. But they had fallen into great error, for they would not observe to keep the commandments of God and his statutes according to the law of Moses. Neither would they observe 
the performances of the church to continue in prayer and supplication to God daily, that they might not enter into temptation. Yea, and find they did pervert the ways of the Lord in very many instances. Therefore, for this cause, Alma and his brethren went into the land to preach the word unto them. Now, when they had come into the land, behold, to their astonishment, they found that the Zoramites had built synagogues and that they did gather themselves together on one day of the week, which day they did call the day of the Lord. And they did worship after the manner which Alma and his brethren had never beheld. For they had a place built up in the center of their synagogue, a place for standing, which was high above the head, and the top thereof would only admit one person. Therefore, whosoever desired to worship must go forth and stand upon the top thereof, and stretch forth his hands towards heaven, and cry with a loud voice, saying, Holy, holy God, we believe that thou art God, and we believe that thou art holy, and that thou wast a spirit, and that thou art a spirit, and that thou wilt be a spirit forever. Holy God, we believe that thou hast separated us from our brethren, and we do not believe in the traditions of our brethren, which was handed down to them by the childishness of their fathers. But we believe that thou hast elected us to be thy holy children, and also thou hast made it known unto us that there shall be no Christ. Now notice that this is a complete perversion of the doctrine of Christ. For we become the sons and daughters of Christ through the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, these people believed that they were the children of God, but they had thrown out the very statutes and observances uh, whereby they might become the children of Christ. And in fact, they had rejected um, Jesus Christ altogether. Verse 17. But thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. And thou hast elected us that we shall be saved whilst all around us are elected to be cast by the wrath down to hell. For the which holiness, O God, we thank thee. And we also thank thee that thou hast elected us that we may not be led away after the foolish traditions of our brethren, which doth bind them down to belief in Christ, which doth lead their hearts to wander far from thee, our God. Now, the pride and arrogance of the Zoramites certainly has latter-day applications that hit close at home. And again, we thank thee, O God, that we are a chosen and a holy people. Amen. And it came to pass that after Alma and his brethren and his sons had heard these prayers, they were astonished beyond all measure. For behold, every man did go forth and offer up these same prayers. Now the place was called by them Ramiumptum, which being interpreted holy stand. Now from this stand, they did offer up every man the selfsame prayer unto God, thanking their God that they were chosen of him and that they did not lead them away and that he did not lead them away after the tradition of their brethren 
and that their hearts were not stolen away to believe in the things to come, which they knew nothing about. Now, after the people had all offered up thanks after this manner, they returned to their homes, never speaking of their God again until they had assembled themselves together again to the holy stand. And, you know, again, I would ask you, what similarities are there to us and our culture and our day? Um, for we often leave church, and although we speak much of lesson manuals and church leaders and even holy houses, how often do we mention the name of Christ during our week as opposed to this other stuff, which is not Christ? Never speaking of their God again until they had assembled themselves together again to the holy stand to offer up thanks after this manner. Now, when Alma saw this, his heart was grieved, for he saw that they were a wicked and a perverse people. And he saw that their hearts were set upon gold and upon silver and upon all manner of fine goods. Yea, he also saw that their hearts were lifted up unto great boasting in their pride. You know, uh, a phrase that was uttered a few years ago comes to mind. Uh, let's go shopping at a ribbon cutting ceremony. And he lifted up his voice to heaven and cried, saying, Oh, how long, O Lord, wilt thou suffer that thy servant shall dwell here below in the flesh? to behold such gross wickedness among the children of men. Behold, O God, they cry unto thee, and yet their hearts are swallowed up in their pride. Behold, O God, they cry unto thee with their mouths, while they are puffed up even to greatness with the vain things of the world. Behold, O my God, their costly apparel, and their ringlets, and their bracelets, and their ornaments of gold, and their precious things which... They are ornamented with, and behold, their hearts are set upon them. And yet they cry unto thee and say, We thank thee, O God, for we are a chosen people, people unto thee, while others shall perish. Yea, and they say that thou hast made it known unto them that there shall be no Christ. You know, how often do we hear that... Those who, who claim to be guided by the Spirit, you know, have prayed and have received a confirmation of false idols and false prophets and receive confirmation of um, that which is not given to them by the Spirit. Now, sometimes... Uh, these answers are their own vain imaginations. And sometimes these answers come from counterfeit sources. And it's important to take note that the Achilles heel of those who have spiritual experiences is discernment. When we receive spiritual communication, we're usually so caught up in the fact that we have received spiritual communication that we don't stop and inquire of the Lord if this spiritual communication was from him. 
And everybody who receives answers to prayer from the Lord, everybody who receives prophetic or revelatory dreams or visions, even near-death experiences, if they're receiving answers from God, they're also allowed to receive equal and opposite answers from the adversary. Now, it doesn't take any discernment to cast out those revelations which are dark. However, what does require discernment is to cast out those revelations which are so close to the revelations of God in their appearance and experience that the only way that we can discern true revelations from false ones is to check in with Father and inquire of him. Verse 29. Yea, and they say that thou hast made it known unto them that there shall be no Christ. O Lord God, how long wilt thou suffer that such wickedness and infidelity shall be among this people? O Lord, wilt thou give me strength that I may bear with mine infirmities? For I am infirm, and such wickedness among this people doth pain my soul. O Lord, my heart is exceedingly sorrowful. Wilt thou comfort my soul in Christ? O Lord, wilt thou grant unto me that I may have strength, that I may suffer with patience these afflictions which shall come upon me because of the iniquity of his people? O Lord, wilt thou comfort my soul and give unto me success, and also my fellow laborers who are with me, yea, Ammon and Aaron and Omner, and also Amulek and Zeezrom, and also my two sons, yea, even all these wilt thou comfort. O Lord, yea, wilt thou comfort their souls in Christ. And in this prayer of Alma, you know, we see a pattern, and uh, this pattern is, among other places, also found in the prayer of Enos, where Enos first sets his own house in order, and then by the Spirit, his concern is expanded from him to others. Verse 33, Wilt thou grant unto them that they may have strength, that they may bear their afflictions, which shall come upon them because of the iniquities of this people. O Lord, wilt thou grant unto us that we may have success in bringing them again unto thee in Christ. Behold, O Lord, their souls are precious, and many of them are our brethren. Therefore, give unto us, O Lord, power and wisdom that we may bring these, our brethren, again unto thee. And it came to pass that when Alma had said these words, that he clapped his hands upon all them who were with him. And behold, as he clapped his hands upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, uh, the word, among other definitions, the word clapped uh, means to lay hands upon. And while... You know, Ammon and Aaron and Omner and, you know, Amulek and Zeezrom, you know, must have already received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Perhaps his two sons had not yet, and that this ordinance was being performed. And also upon his brethren, who were probably under spiritual attack 
because of the dark forces that um, had overtaken the Zoramites and did not want to see the craft of the Zoramites destroyed. Undoubtedly, um, Alma's brethren had been attacked by dark forces. And it's very probable that as Alma laid his hands upon you know, his brethren who had already received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that he was actually, you know, casting out dark entities and blessing them with the light of Christ. And certainly it says that after this was done, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 37. Well, first a recap of the things that Alma importuned the Lord for. And, you know, perhaps we also can use the things that Alma importuned the Lord for in our own ministry efforts as we seek to gather out the strength of the Lord's house and proclaim the doctrine of Christ. So, you know, first, you know, Alma asks that the Lord will comfort his soul in Christ and also the souls of his brethren, that the Lord will strengthen for he and his companions, uh, that they may suffer with patience and bear the afflictions that will come because of the Zoramites' iniquity. Third, that the Lord will grant success to he and his fellow laborers in bringing the Zoramites unto him through Christ. And number four, power and wisdom to reclaim their brethren. Um, and we'll find out that it was done to Alma and his brethren according to Alma's prayer in faith. Now, I would like to you know point out one additional um, thing. In verse 34, O Lord, wilt thou grant unto us that we may have success in bringing them again unto thee in Christ. So clearly, uh, this prayer is to Heavenly Father. And Alma is making a distinction between Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And also, you know, I've heard it said by many that you know, after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, then we are to transition all of our prayers to Christ since he adopts us as his sons and his daughters. Um, but this clearly is evident that it is not the case here. And also, um, in Third Nephi chapter 19, when the people are in fact praying to Christ and particularly the 12 disciples, Christ prays to the father. And, you know, he explains to the father that the people are praying to him because he is with them. And I would submit that that is a true principle that on occasion it is appropriate to cry out directly to Jesus Christ, um, you know, especially when it is apprehended 
that we are in his presence. Um, but that in general, we are to pray to the Father, even after the reception of the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, just as Alma is doing here. And just as Christ describes the exception in 3 Nephi 19, uh, even though his disciples have just received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Again, verse 36 in Alma 31. Now it came to pass that when Alma had said these words, that he clapped his hands or placed his hands upon all them who were with him. And behold, as he clapped his hands or placed his hands upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And after, they, and after that, they did separate themselves one from another, taking no thought for themselves, what they should eat or what they should drink or what they should put on. And the Lord provided for them that they should hunger not, neither should they thirst. Yea, and he also gave them strength that they should suffer no manner of afflictions, save it were swallowed up in the joy of Christ. Now this was according to the prayer of Alma, and this because he prayed in faith. Alma chapter 32. And it came to pass that they did go forth and began to preach the word of God unto the people entering into their synagogues and into their houses. Yea, even they did preach the word in their streets. And it came to pass that after much labor among them, they began to have success among the poor class of the people. For behold, they were cast out of the synagogues because of the coarseness of their apparel. Therefore, they were not permitted to enter into the synagogues to worship God, being esteemed as filthiness. Therefore, they were poor. Yea, they were esteemed by their brethren as dross. Therefore, they were poor as to the things of the world. And they were poor in heart. And poor in heart is the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit. Verse 4. Now as Alma was teaching and speaking unto the people upon the hill Oneida, there came a great multitude unto him, who were those of whom we have been speaking, of whom were poor in heart because of their poverty as to the things of the world. And they came unto Alma and the one who was the foremost among them and said unto him, Behold, what shall these my brethren do? For they are despised of all men because of their poverty. Yea, and more especially by our priests, for they have cast us out of our synagogues, which they have labored abundantly to build with our own hands. And they cast us out because of our exceeding poverty, and we have no place to worship our God. And behold, what shall we do? Um, so, you know, this, this poor in heart, you know, is not the opposite of a broken heart and contrite spirit, but it is a forced humility. It is a humility um, that comes not by submitting oneself to Christ and unto the voice of the spirit, but it was that they were compelled to be humble because of their poverty. And then they suffered as a consequence of their poverty to be cast out, to be rejected, you know, by their peers and their culture. Verse six, 
And now when Alma heard this, he turned him about, his face immediately toward him. And he beheld with great joy, for he beheld their afflictions had truly humbled them, and that they were in a preparation to hear the word. Therefore he did say no more to the other multitude, but he stretched forth his hand and cried unto those whom he beheld, who were truly penitent, and said unto them, I behold that ye are lowly in heart, and if so, blessed are ye. Behold, thy brother hath said, What shall we do? For we are cast out of our synagogues, that we cannot worship our God. Behold, I say unto you, Do ye suppose that ye cannot worship God, save it be in your synagogues only? And moreover, I would ask, Do ye suppose that ye must not worship God only once a week? I say unto you, It is well that ye are cast out of your synagogues. And parenthetically, you know, even though they had been compelled to be humble at this point. Um, they were still embracing all the false traditions of their peers, the Zoramites, even though in previous times they had been taught uh, the doctrine of Christ and true religion. Verse 12, I see unto you, it is well that ye are cast out of your synagogues, that ye may be humble, and that ye may learn wisdom, for it is necessary that ye should learn wisdom. For it is because that ye are cast out, that ye are despised of your brethren, because of your exceeding poverty, that ye are brought to a lowliness of heart. For ye are necessarily brought to be humble. And because they were compelled to be humble, um, Alma is intimating that they are going to learn wisdom and wisdom being the application of the doctrine of Christ. And we'll find that at the end of this chapter, he is specifically exhorting them to do what is necessary and required to receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 13, and now because ye are compelled to be humble, blessed are ye. For a man sometimes, if he is compelled to be humble, seeketh repentance. And now surely, whosoever repenteth shall find mercy, and he that findeth mercy and endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And now as I said unto you, that because ye were compelled to be humble, ye were blessed. Do you not suppose that, ye, that they are more blessed who truly humble themselves because of the word? Yea, he that truly humbleth himself and repenteth of his sins and endureth to the end, the same shall be blessed, yea, much more blessed than they who are compelled to be humble because of their exceeding poverty. Therefore, blessed are they who humble themselves without being compelled to be humble. Or rather, in other words, blessed is he that believeth in the word of God and is baptized without stubbornness of heart. Yea, without being brought to know the word or even compelled to know before they will believe. Yea, there are many who do say, if thou wilt show unto us a sign from heaven, then we shall know of a surety. Then we shall believe. Now I ask, is this faith? Behold, I see unto you nay. For if a man knoweth a thing, he hath no cause to believe, for he knoweth it. And now how much more cursed is he that knoweth the will of God and doeth it not than he that only believeth or only hath cause to believe and falleth into transgression. 
Now of this thing, ye must judge. And I would say that this has a direct application to the Latter-day Saints today. For in DNC 124, we find that at least by the time of Joseph's death, and you know, Lyman White says that it even happened before that it happened uh, once the saints had built the second floor of the Nauvoo Temple that Joseph Smith declared that they had been rejected as a church with their dead. Um, you know, as it states in DNC 124, that if the saints did not repent and return, um, that we would be rejected as a church with our dead. And however, the Lord still called the rejected uh, Latter-day Saints with their dead, you know, my house, you know, particularly he refers to them that way in DNC 101, you know, after the rejection and he would still gather his people into his house that they might have access to the scriptures of the restoration. And so just as the Zoramites at one time had been taught the fullness, but had embraced a perverted version of the fullness. Mm -hmm. So the Latter-day Saints, you know, have before them, the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fullness of the doctrine of Christ in the scriptures of the restoration, specifically in the book of Mormon and supported by the doctrine and covenants. And so just as the Zoramites had the greater responsibility, you know, versus the Lamanites, because they had already been enlightened to, you know, have received the fullness of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ and not to have rejected it. So the Latter-day Saints also are under that same responsibility because the fullness of the gospel is set forth before them in the book of Mormon. You know, the doctrine of Christ clearly outlines the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that we might go on from there feasting upon the words of Christ to enter into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory. And there have our callings and elections made sure. And so just as the Latter-day Saints are under that responsibility to awaken or rise and be able to discern the true doctrine of Christ from a false path, so were the Zoramites. And... We, we find among the Latter-day Saints, those who are now awakening, uh, by and large, are those who are willing to humble themselves before the coming afflictions, which will force the Latter-day Saints to be humble. And that, you know, those who are awaking and arising now, who are accepting the fullness of the doctrine of Christ and entering into the new and everlasting covenant, um, as a result, will be able to become uh, servants of God, even end-time servants. 
and literally work shoulder to shoulder with the first laborers in the last kingdom in the gathering out of the strength of Lord's house, and then later on the end time exodus in the gathering out of Israel from the four corners of the earth. Verse 19. And now how much more cursed is he that knoweth the will of God and doeth it not? And this has direct application to the Latter-day Saints. Then he that only believeth or only hath cause to believe and falleth into transgression. Now of this thing ye must judge. Behold, I say unto you that it is on the one hand, even as it is on the other. And it shall be unto every man according to his work. Now, as we get into uh, the discourse on faith, let's remember that faith and hope are different things. And that we must combine hope with faith. And what we normally define faith as, which is belief and trust, is actually hope. But faith is seeking after, receiving, and acting on revelation. And as we seek after, receive, and act on revelation, you know, that strengthens our hope, our belief, and trust. And it brings that um, one day into a full knowledge. And once we receive a full knowledge of something, you know, we no longer have to seek after, receive, and act on revelation regarding that thing, for we have received that thing because of faith and hope. Um, but it's the work of a lifetime to exercise faith in as much of the gospel as possible, in as many of the principles, and we do that through seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. And thus, um, as we act on the revelation that we seek after and receive, um, we are remade in the image of Christ as we are endowed with greater light. And we will see these th themes brought up by Alma in his discourse. Verse 22, and now behold, I say unto you, and I would that ye should remember that God is merciful unto all who believe on his name. Wherefore, he desireth in the first place that ye should believe, yea, even on his word. And now he imparteth his word by angels unto men, yea, not only men, but women also. And now this is not all, little children do have words given unto them many times, which confound the wise and the learned. And now, my beloved brethren, as ye have desired to know of me, what ye shall do because ye are afflicted and cast out. Now, I do not desire that ye should suppose that I mean to judge you only according to that which is true. For I do not mean that ye all of you have been compelled to be humble. For I verily believe that there are some among you who would humble themselves, let them be in whatsoever circumstances they might be. And it will also be among our brothers and sisters as the times of tribulation come upon us and as we are forced into humility 
um, that there will be those among uh, the Latter-day Saints and those of the Restoration branches who will truly, you know, humble themselves and enter into the new and everlasting covenant and did not do so previously only because they knew uh, not where to find it. But as soon as it's declared unto them, receive it with gladness. Verse 26. Now, as I said concerning faith, that it is not to have a perfect knowledge. Yea, even so it is with my words. Ye cannot know of their surety at first unto perfection any more than faith is a perfect knowledge. But behold, if ye will awaken or arouse your faculties, even to an experiment upon my words, and exercise a particle of faith, yea, even if ye can do no more than desire to believe, let this desire work in you, even until ye believe in the manner that ye can have, that ye can give place for a portion of my words. Now we will compare the word unto a seed. Now, if ye give place unto a seed, that a seed may be planted in your heart, behold, if it be a true seed or a good seed, if ye do not cast it out by your unbelief, that ye will resist the spirit of the Lord, behold, it will begin to swell within your breasts. And when you feel these swelling motions, you will begin to say within yourselves, it must needs be that this is a good seed, or that the word is good, for it beginneth to enlarge my soul. Yea, it beginneth to enlighten my understanding, yea, it beginneth to be delicious unto me. So when we come across uh, that which is true, and we receive it, and we study it out in our mind, and we come to a conclusion. We take our conclusion to the Lord. Um, he endows us with light. And as we are endowed with light, which goes hand in hand with receiving uh, more and more truth, our understanding becomes greater and greater. Now behold, would not this increase your faith? I say unto you, yea, nevertheless it hath not grown up to a perfect knowledge. But behold, as the seed swelleth and sprouteth and beginneth to grow, then ye must needs say that the seed is good. And that which is required for it to sprout and beginneth to grow is to act. And now behold, will not this strengthen your faith? Yea, it will strengthen your faith. For ye will say, I know that this is a good seed. For behold, it sprouteth and beginneth to grow. And now behold, are ye sure that this is a good seed? I say unto you, yea, for every seed bringeth forth unto its own likeness. Therefore, if a seed groweth, it is good. But if it groweth not, behold, it is not good. Therefore, it is cast away. And now behold, because you have tried the experiment and planted the seed, and it swelleth and sprouteth and beginneth to grow, ye must needs know that the seed is good. And now behold, is your knowledge perfect? Yea, your knowledge is perfect in that thing, and your faith is dormant. And this because you know, for ye know that the word has swelled your souls, and ye also know that it has sprouted up 
that your understanding doth begin to be enlightened and your mind doth begin to expand. And then is not this real? I say unto you, yea, because it is light and whatsoever is light is good because it is discernible. Therefore, ye must know that it is good. And now behold, after ye have tasted this light, is your knowledge perfect? And may I interject, this lecture on faith is a direct a counter to the objections that Korahor brought up before Alma and all of the others that he accused of uh, bringing down their respective peoples into bondage because of teaching uh, of Christ and that an atonement would be made. And this is the process of how we can actually come to a knowing of Christ and his gospel and the tenets of the doctrine of Christ. Verse 36, Behold, I say unto you, Nay, neither must ye lay aside your faith, for ye have only exercised your faith to plant the seed, that ye might try the experiment to know if the seed was good. And behold, as the tree beginneth to grow, ye will say, Let us nourish it with great care, that it may get root, that it may grow up and bring forth fruit unto us. Now behold, if ye nourish it with much care, it will get root and grow up and bring forth fruit. But if ye neglect the tree and take no thought for its nourishment, behold, it will not get any root. And when the heat of the sun cometh and scorcheth it because it hath no root, it withers away, and ye pluck it up and cast it out. And now this is not because the seed was not good, neither is it because the fruit thereof would not be desirable, but it is because your ground is barren, and ye will not nourish the tree, therefore ye cannot have the fruit thereof. And thus, if ye will not nourish the word, looking forward with an eye of faith to the fruit thereof, ye can never pluck of the fruit of the tree of life. Now, again, Alma is speaking directly about the doctrine of Christ and how we ultimately receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then come into Christ's presence in the fullness of his glory in this life and receive eternal life. But if ye will nourish the word, yea, nourish the tree as it bringeth, as it beginneth to grow by your faith with great diligence and with patience looking forward to the fruit thereof, it shall take root and behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life. And because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word in nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by you shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet. And again, Alma has made a transition from talking about general principles and how we can uh, put to the test general principles of truth and find out for ourselves that they are true. Now he is talking specifically about the doctrine of Christ, how we become sons and daughters of Christ through the new covenant of a broken heart, contrite spirit, 
receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then going on into Christ's presence. And because of your diligence and your faith and your patience, and with the word in nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by you shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet, which is white above all that is white, and pure above all that is pure. And ye shall feast upon this fruit, even until ye are filled, that ye hunger not, neither shall ye thirst. Then, my brethren, ye shall reap the reward of your faith, and your diligence, and patience, and long-suffering, waiting for the tree to bring forth fruit unto you. Now, as, as some cross-references. Let's go to 3 Nephi, chapter 9, verse 20. And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost. And now, 2 Nephi 32, 3-6. So, the planting of that seed is the planting of a broken heart and contrite spirit. You know, however, we only know in small measure what that even means. And the terms of that sacrifice must be received by revelation. And thus we have to plant that seed. We have to ask and we have to knock. And as we receive revelation, um, if we act, that seed beginneth to sprouteth and grow. And if we continue to nourish it, then it begins to bring forth that fruit by which we become the sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, even the baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost. And then if we continue to feast upon the words of Christ, asking and knocking, you know, continuing to plant and to nourish and to obey um, the, the tree grows into that tree which is the tree of life. And we are instructed sufficiently that we know what we must do to part the veil and enter into Christ's presence in his glory in this life. Second Nephi, chapter 32. Um, verse 1, Nephi poses the question, well, you might wonder, what should I do after I receive the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, or enter in by the way, which he's defined in 2 Nephi chapter 31. Verse 2, do you not remember that I said unto you that after you had received the Holy Ghost, you could speak with the tongue of angels? And now how could you speak with the tongue of angels, save it were by the Holy Ghost? Angels speak by the power of the Holy Ghost, wherefore they speak the words of Christ. Wherefore I said unto you, feast upon the words of Christ, for behold, the words of Christ will tell you all things what you should do. Wherefore, now after I have spoken these words, if ye cannot understand them, it will be because ye ask not. 
neither do you knock. You're not nourishing the plant, the tree. Wherefore, ye are not brought into the light, but must perish in the dark. For behold, again, I say unto you that if you will enter in by the way and receive the Holy Ghost, it will show unto you all things what ye should do. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall send to you shall ye observe to do. Now, the same sentiments are expressed in DNC 76. And in DNC 76, verse 51. They are they who received the testimony of Jesus, planted the seed, and believed on his name, and nourished the seed. And it sprouteth and beginneth to grow, or, and were baptized after the manner of his burial, being buried in the water in his name, and this according to the commandment which he has given. Now, it's important to point out that this baptism of water is the baptism of water by the apostolic order of Melchizedek priesthood described in 3 Nephi chapter 11 versus the baptism of water uh, by the Aaronic priesthood described in 3 Nephi chapter 1 and 3 Nephi chapter 7. Verse 52, that by keeping the commandments, they might be washed and cleansed from all their sins. So uh, again, nourishing the word or the tree they might receive the Holy Spirit by the laying on of hands of him who is ordained and sealed to this power. So this is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And verse 53, and after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, who is Jesus Christ, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Or in other words, to be... To overcome by faith means the same thing that we read in 2 Nephi 32, that after the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, if we feast upon the words of Christ, they will show us all things what we should do to get to the tree and partake of the fruit. Or, this is the doctrine of Christ that brings us to Christ manifesting himself unto us while we are in the flesh. And when that happens, when we're, we come into his presence in the fullness of his glory, the things that he shall tell us shall we observe to do. And so, you know, back to Alma 32, verse 40. And with this greater context in mind, um, look at the meaning of what Alma is teaching. And thus, if ye will not nurse the word, looking forward with an eye of faith to the fruit thereof, ye can never pluck of the fruit of the tree of life. Tree of life is Christ. And partaking of that fruit is to have one's calling election made sure. But if ye will nourish the word or feast upon the words of Christ, as they're placed into your heart, as you ask and as you knock. But if you will nourish the word, a nourish the tree as it beginneth to grow by your faith, 
with great diligence and with patience, looking forward to the fruit thereof, it shall take root. And behold, it shall be a tree springing up unto everlasting life, or as it says in DNC 76, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the Father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. Verse 42, and because of your diligence and your faith and your patience with the word in nourishing it, that it may take root in you, behold, by and by, you shall pluck the fruit thereof, which is most precious, which is sweet above all that is sweet and which is white above all that is white and pure above all that is pure. And ye shall feast upon the fruit even until ye are filled that ye hunger not, neither shall ye thirst. And again, in 2 Nephi, chapter 32. Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe to do. And in commenting on this allegory, and how we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and the planting the seed and nourishing. And in verse 19 of 2 Nephi 31, for ye have not come thus far, um, and thus far meaning entering into the straight gate or having received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, save it were by the word of Christ, with unshaken faith in him, relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. This is teaching the exact same doctrine, um, just in a different modality. Alma 33. Now, after Alma had spoken these words, they sent forth unto him, desiring to know whither they should believe in one God, that they might obtain this fruit of which he had spoken, or how they should plant the seed, or the word of which he had spoken, which he said must be planted in their hearts, or in what manner they should begin to exercise their faith. And Alma said unto them, Behold, ye have said that ye could not worship your God because ye are cast out of your synagogues. But behold, I say unto you, if ye suppose that ye cannot worship God, ye do greatly err, and ye ought to search the scriptures. If ye suppose that they have taught you this, ye do not understand them. Do ye remember to have read what Zenos the prophet of old has said concerning the prayer or worship? For he said, Thou art merciful, O God, for thou hast heard my prayer, even when I was in the wilderness. Yea, thou wast merciful when I prayed concerning those who were mine enemies, and thou didst not turn them to me. Now, it's important to note that Zenos and Zenoch, uh, the two prophets mentioned here, uh, are two prophets whose books were part of the brass plates, but had been removed from the canon of the Old Testament, most likely by the Deuteronomus in 6-700 B.C., as uh, Lehi was about to leave Jerusalem, and that's why it was so crucial 
that Lehi obtained the brass plates because it had not been tampered with. And we know from the historical account that the Deuteronomist removed some 93 books of Ephraimite prophets from the Old Testament canon. Verse 5, Yea, O God, that was merciful unto me when I did cry unto thee in my field, when I did cry unto thee in my prayer, and thou didst hear me. And again, O God, when I did turn to my house, thou didst hear me in my prayer. And when I did turn unto my closet, O Lord, and prayed unto thee, thou didst hear me. And thou art merciful unto thy children when they cry unto thee, to be heard of thee and not of men, and thou wilt hear them. Yea, O God, thou hast been merciful unto me, and heard my cries in the midst of thy congregation. Yea, thou hast also heard me when I have been cast out and have been despised by mine enemies. Yea, thou didst hear my cries, and wast angry with mine enemies, and thou didst visit them in thine anger with speedy destruction. And thou didst hear me because of mine afflictions and my sincerity. And it is because of thy son that thou hast been thus merciful unto me. Therefore, I will cry unto thee in all my afflictions. For in thee is my joy. And thou hast turned thy judgments away from me because of thy son. Now, also note that as Alma quotes Old Testament prophets, they also make a clear distinction between the Father and the Son. And now Alma said unto them, Do ye believe those scriptures which have been written by them of old? Behold, if ye do, ye must believe what Zenus said. For he, for behold, he said, Thou hast turned away thy judgment because of thy Son. Now behold, my brethren, I would ask if ye have read the scriptures. If ye have, how can ye disbelieve on the Son of God? For it is not written that Zenus alone spake of these things, but Zenic also spake of these things. For behold, he said, Thou art angry, O Lord, and this people, because they will not understand thy mercies, which thou hast bestowed upon them because of thy Son. And now, my brethren, ye see that a second prophet of old has testified of the Son of God. And because the people would not understand his words, they stoned him to death. But behold, this is not all. These are not the only ones who have spoken concerning the Son of God. Behold, he was spoken of by Moses. Yea, and behold, a type was raised up in the wilderness, that whosoever would look upon it might live. And many did look and live. But few understood the meaning of these things, and this because of the hardness of their hearts. But there were many who were so hardened that they would not look, therefore they perished. Now the reason they would not look is because they did not believe that it would heal them. Oh, my brethren, if you could be healed by merely casting your eyes that ye might be healed, would ye not behold quickly? Or would ye not rather harden your hearts in unbelief and be slothful that you would not cast your eyes that ye might perish? If so, woe shall come unto you. But if not so, then cast about your eyes and begin to believe in the Son of God, that he will come to redeem his people, and that he shall suffer and die to atone for their sins, and that he shall rise again from the dead, and shall bring to pass the resurrection, that all men shall stand before him to be judged at the last judgment day, according to their works. And now, my brethren, I desire that ye shall plant this word in your hearts, 
as it beginneth to swell, even so nourish it by your faith. Or the continuation of seeking after receiving and acting on revelation. And behold, it will become a tree springing up unto you unto everlasting life. Again, we have reference to the doctrine of Christ, the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and second comforter experience. And then may God grant unto you that your burdens may be light through the joy of his son. Even all this can ye do if ye will. Amen. Chapter 34. Now it came to pass that after Alma had spoken these words unto them, he sat down upon the ground, and Amulek arose, and began to teach them, saying, My brethren, I think that it is impossible that ye should be ignorant of these things which have been spoken concerning the coming of Christ, who is taught by us to be the Son of God. Yea, I know that these things were taught unto you bountifully, before your dissension from among us. And so it is with the Latter-day Saints and the fullness of the doctrine of Christ in the Book of Mormon. Even though the doctrine of Christ is no longer taught uh, from the pulpit or in lesson manuals, it is in our scripture. And as ye have desired of my beloved brother, that he should make known unto you what ye should do because of your afflictions. He hath spoken somewhat unto you to prepare your minds, yea, and he hath exhorted you unto faith and unto patience. And even that you would have so much faith as even to plant the word in your hearts, that you may try the experiment of its goodness. And we have beheld that the great question which is in your Minds is whether the word be in the Son of God or whether there shall be no Christ. And ye also beheld that my brother has proved unto you in many instances that the word is in Christ unto salvation. My brother has called upon the word of words of Zenos, that redemption cometh through the Son of God, and also upon the words of Zenok. And also he has appealed unto Moses to prove that these things are true. And now behold, I will surely testify unto you of myself that these things are true. Behold, I stand to you that I do know that Christ shall come among the children of men to take upon him the transgressions of his people and that he shall atone for the sins of the world. For the Lord God hath spoken it. For it is expedient that an atonement should be made. For according to the great plan of the eternal God, there must be an atonement made or else all mankind must unavoidably perish. Yea, all are hardened, yea, all are fallen, and all are lost, and must perish except it be through the atonement which it is expedient should be made. For it is expedient that there should be a great and last sacrifice. Yea, not a sacrifice of man, neither of beast, neither any means of fowl. For it shall not be a human sacrifice, but it must be an infinite and eternal sacrifice. Now there is not any man that can sacrifice his own blood, which will atone for the sins of another. Now, if a man murdereth, behold, will our law, which is just, take the life of his brother? I say unto you, nay. But the law requireth the life of him who murdereth. Therefore, there can be nothing which is short of an infinite atonement, which will suffice for the sins of the world. Therefore, it is expedient that there should be a great and last sacrifice. And there shall be, or it is expedient, there should be a stop to the shedding of blood. Then shall the law of Moses be fulfilled, yea, it shall all be fulfilled, every jot and tittle, and none shall have passed away. And behold, this is the whole meaning of the law, 
every whit pointing to the great and last sacrifice. And that great and last sacrifice will be the Son of God, yea, infinite and eternal. And thus he shall bring salvation to all those who shall believe on his name. This being the intent of this last sacrifice, to bring about the bowels of mercy, which overpowereth justice, and bringeth about the means unto men that they may have faith unto repentance. And thus the mercy can satisfy the demands of justice and encircle them in the arms of safety, while he that exercises no faith unto repentance is exposed to the whole law of the demands of justice. Therefore, only unto him that has faith unto repentance is brought about the great and eternal plan of redemption. Therefore, may God grant unto you, my brethren, that ye may begin to exercise your faith unto repentance, that begin to that ye begin to call upon his holy name, that he would have mercy upon you, yea, crying to him for mercy, for he is mighty to save. Yea, humble yourselves and continue in prayer unto him. Grant to him when ye are in your fields, yea, over all your flocks. Grant to him in your houses, yea, over all your household, both morning, midday, and evening. Yea, crying to him against the power of your enemies. Yea, crying to him against the devil who is an enemy to all righteousness. Grant to him over the crops of your fields, that ye may prosper in them. Cry over the flocks of your fields, that they may increase. But this is not all. Ye must pour out your whole souls in your closets and your secret places and in your wilderness. And when you do not cry unto the Lord, let your hearts be full, drawn out in prayer unto him continually for your welfare and also for the welfare of those who are around you. Now behold, my beloved brethren, I say unto you, do not suppose that this is all. For after you have done all these things, if you turn away the needy and the naked and visit not the sick and the afflicted and a part of your substance, if ye have... If ye have to those who stand in need, I say unto you, if you do not any of these things, behold, your prayer is in vain and availeth you nothing. And ye are as hypocrites and do deny the faith. Therefore, if you do not remember to be charitable, ye are as dross which the refiners do cast out, it being of no worth. And it is trodden under the foot of men. And now, my brethren, I would that after ye have received so many witnesses, seeing that the Holy Scriptures testify of these things, Ye come forth and bring fruit unto repentance. And I would that ye should come forth and harden not your hearts any longer. And behold, now is the time and the day of your salvation. Therefore, if you will repent and harden not your hearts, immediately shall the great plan of redemption be brought unto you. For behold, this life is the time for men to prepare to meet God. And behold, the day for this life is the day for men to perform their labors. And now, as I said unto you before, as ye have had so many witnesses. Therefore, I beseech of you that you do not procrastinate the day of your repentance until the end. For after this day of life, which is given unto us to prepare for eternity, behold, if we do not improve our time while in this life, then cometh the night of darkness, wherein there can be no labor performed. Ye cannot say, when ye are brought to that awful crisis, that I will repent and will return to my God. Nay, ye cannot say, that for this same spirit which doth possess your bodies at this time, that ye go out of this life, that same spirit will have power to possess your body in that eternal world. For behold, if ye have procrastinated the day of your repentance, even until death, behold, ye have become subject to the spirit of the devil, who doth steal you his. Therefore the spirit of the Lord hath withdrawn from you, and hath no place in you. And the devil hath all power over you, and this is the final state of the wicked." 
And this I know because the Lord hath said, he dwelleth not in unholy temples, but in the hearts of the righteous he doth dwell. Yea, he also has said that the righteous shall sit down in his kingdom to go no more out, but their garments should be made white through the blood of the lamb. And now, my beloved brethren, I desire that you should remember these things and that you should work out your salvation with fear before God and that you should no more deny the coming of Christ. And I would call your attention to uh, the ultimate design of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to bring you to the state which you have become like Christ and like Father and have attained that state in which you go no more out. Verse 38, that ye contend no more against the Holy Ghost, but that ye receive it. All right, in this verse, you know, Amulek is not alluding to, but he is overtly talking about the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and that, you know, this is the goal of uh, they're reclaiming the Zoramites back to the doctrine of Christ, that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that ye receive the Holy Ghost and take upon you the name of Christ. Because before we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we may covenant that we're willing to take upon us the name of Christ, but we can't actually take upon ourselves the name of Christ until he extends it to us. And he doesn't extend it to us until after he has pled our case with the Father and receives permission from Father to adopt us as his sons and daughters. And then that is finalized with the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We become Christ's sons and daughters. He extends his name to us. And for the first time, we are actually able to take it upon us. And take upon you the name of Christ, that ye humble yourselves even to the dust, which is part of a broken heart and contrite spirit and the sacrifice of all things. Just as did the people of King Benjamin. And worship God in whatsoever place ye may be in, in spirit and in truth, and that ye live in thanksgiving daily, and that ye may, for the many mercies and the blessings which he doth bestow upon you. Yea, I also exhort you, my brethren, that ye be watchful unto prayer continually, that ye may not be led away by the temptations of the devil, or that even after, and also before the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, we have to continue to feast upon the words of Christ that we might receive it and then may remain faithful after it. They may not be overcome by the devil, become his subjects in the last day. For behold, he rewardeth you no good thing, just like Korahor. And now, my beloved brethren, I would exhort you to have patience and that ye bear with all manner of afflictions, that ye do not revile against those who do cast you out because of your exceeding poverty, lest ye become sinners like unto them, but that ye have patience and bear with those afflictions with a firm hope that ye shall one day rest from all your afflictions. And now to finish up in chapter 35. 
Now it came to pass that after Amulek had made an end of these words, they withdrew themselves from the multitude and came over into the land of Jershon. Yea, and the rest of the brethren, after they had preached the word unto the Zoramites, also came over into the land of Jershon. Now remember the land of Jershon is the land that had been given to the anti-Nephi-Lehites or the people of Ammon. And it came to pass that after the more popular part of the Zoramites had consulted together concerning the words which had been preached unto them, they were angry because of the word, for it destroyed their craft. Therefore, they would not hearken unto the words. And as a quick cross-reference, if we go to 2 Nephi 28, verse 28. And in fine, woe be unto all those who tremble and are angry because of the truth of God. For behold, he that is built upon the rock receiveth it with gladness. And he that is built upon a sandy foundation trembleth, lest he shall fall. Verse 3 again in Alma 34 and Alma 35. And it came to pass that after the more popular part of the Zoramites had consulted together concerning the words which had been preached unto them, they were angry because they're not built upon the rock. Because of the word, for it did destroy their craft. Therefore, they would not hearken unto the words. And they sent and gathered together throughout all the land, all the people, and consulted with them concerning the words which had been spoken. Now the rulers and the priests and their teachers did not let the people know concerning their desires. Therefore, they found out privily the minds of all the people. And it came to pass that after they had found out the minds of all the people, those who were in favor of the words which had been spoken by Alma and his brethren, were cast out of the land. You know, similar to the people in the city of Ammonihah, except, you know, there it was the men who were cast out and the women and children were burned. But as you will see, it was the intent of the Zoramites that by casting out the men, the women, the children who believed in the word, that they would perish uh, in the wilderness because they are going to strongly oppose and fight against um, the people of Ammon accepting these who were outcast from among them. And it came to pass that after they found out the minds of all the people, those who were in favor of the words which had been spoken by Alma and his brethren were cast out of the land, and they were many, and they came over also into the land of Jershon. And it came to pass that Alma and his brethren did minister unto them. And the people of the Zoramites were angry with the people of Ammon who were in Jershon. And the chief ruler of the Zoramites, being a very wicked man, sent over unto the people of Ammon, desiring them that they should cast out of their land all those who had come over from them into their land because they wanted these people to perish. Just like the Ammoniah Heights. And he breathed out many threatenings against them. And now the people of Ammon did not fear their words. Therefore, they did not cast them out. But they did receive all the poor of the Zoramites that came over unto them. And they did nourish them and to clothe them and to give unto them lands for their inheritance. And they did administer unto them according to their wants, not only their needs. Now this did stir up the Zoramites to anger against the people of Ammon. And they began to mix with the Lamanites and to stir them up to anger against them. 
And thus the Zoramites and the Lamanites began to make preparations for war against the people of Ammon and also against the Nephites. And thus ended the 17th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And the people of Ammon departed out of the land of Jershon and came over into the land of Melech and gave place in the land of Jershon for the armies of the Nephites that they might contend with the armies of the Lamanites and the armies of the Zoramites. And thus commenced a war betwixt the Lamanites and the Nephites in the 18th year of the reign of the judges. An account shall be given other wars hereafter. And Alma and Ammon and their brethren. And also the two sons of Alma returned to the land of Zarahemla after having been instruments in the hands of God of bringing many of the Zoramites to repentance. And as many as were brought to repentance were driven out of their land. But they have lands for their inheritance in the land of Jershon. And they have taken up arms to defend themselves and their wives and their children and their lands. And now Alma being grieved for the iniquity of his people Yea, for the wars and the bloodsheds and the contentions which were among them, and having been to declare the word or sent to declare the word among all the people in every city, and seeing that the hearts of the people began to wax hard, and that they began to be offended because of the strictness of the word, his heart was exceedingly sorrowful. Therefore he caused that his sons should be gathered together, that they might give unto them every one his charge separately, concerning the things pertaining unto righteousness. And we have an account of his commandments, which he gave unto them according to his own record. And this includes the doctrinal part of tonight's Zoomcast. And we'll open it up to questions and experiences and discussion points. <laughs> 